never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around. Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefanie. Today is another fantastic day for an interview, and I've got Amy Stein with me. Amy is a woman who truly, truly believes that surrender doesn't need to be a dirty word. She's an energy healer. She is an actually energy medicine educator, I should say. So she wants to make this world a better place by focusing on getting our energy more balanced and getting us into the here and now and help us to heal. And like so many things in this world, there is never a a shortcut when it comes to, mm -hmm. to becoming a, 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 a wholesome human being, the best version of yourself. Um, sometimes it takes tablets from a GP or family physician. Sometimes it takes uh, your exercise. Um, all of, more often than not, it takes all those things. But sometimes that what we forget is that there's also the spiritual side, the healing side, the energy side within us. And unless you have actually been exposed to it, then you probably think, what a mumbo jumbo, what a rubbish that is. And I have got Amy here today to actually disprove that and give us a different, a different perspective on healing. So Amy, thank you so much for coming onto my show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and talk a little bit about energy medicine. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. How did you get exposed to it? How, what was your starting point? What was your transformation? So maybe like a lot of your listeners, I was taught to not believe things you can't see, right? So if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. Exactly. And so I was brought up in mainstream Western medicine of, you know, you have to prove it to, to understand it. If you can't oh. see it, it doesn't exist. And energy is all around us. Everything is energy. We're energy, you know, the desk you and I are sitting at, the couch, whatever, everything is made up of energy. And it it's something that people don't understand because we've never been taught it in our society. So a lot of times sickness is manifested in all aspects of the person, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, the energetic and the emotional. But in our society, we only pay attention mostly to the physical and to the mental, right? The mind rules everything. Mm. But what I've learned along my journey is the mind is just part of the body. And when we choose to listen and respect the innate intelligence of the body, mm. we reconnect to a part of ourselves that has been lost, a part of ourselves that has always been there, that people in past civilizations, past cultures, even current cultures trust a lot more than Western society. Mm -hmm. And it's that part of your inner knowing, your intuition. And that's the part that we leave out. And because of that, we are separate, separate from our body, separate from each other, mm -hmm. separate from this idea of everything being around us, existing, but because mm -hmm. we can't see it, we, you know, we put it in this box. Mm -hmm. And so we're not taught in our society how to live in our body. We're not mm. taught whole body healing. You know, if you go and there's something wrong with you, you're treated as your body is broken. It's like a car. Let's go fix it. We'll bring it to the mechanic. You go to the doctor, <laughs> you know, and they're going to they're gonna fix it for you. Mm. And that was the thought process I was brought up with. As a child, I had all these symptoms. I felt a lot of things. I I didn't understand what it meant. And the people around me didn't understand what it meant. And the doctor didn't understand what it meant. But, you know, they gave me a medication to hope that it would fix it. And it doesn't fix it. You know, I can tell you right now, it doesn't fix it. <laughs> and if anything, and sometimes it causes more symptoms. Mm. And so I grew up feeling different, not understanding why I could feel all these things, not understanding why I could feel people's feelings or I could sense things or I knew something was going to happen, right? I didn't understand any of it. And I didn't know what it meant because we weren't taught about it. Mm. So it just was, you know, it was, I was labeled different. I was labeled weird. And you want to fit in. You want to be a part of the group. So I, I kind of squelched all that. I hid it from people when other, I saw other people weren't talking about it. Other people weren't, you know, experiencing the world in the same way I was. I decided to stay safe. I needed to hide that part of myself. Right. So I just pushed it down. And that's what we do in our society. We push down these emotions, these sensations that feel yucky. They might feel wrong. We might label them as bad. Right. This duality system of good and bad. And by doing that, we cause issue to the body. 
And that may manifest physically, it may manifest emotionally, it may manifest mentally, it may manifest energetically, or as a spiritual disconnect, right? It can manifest in many different ways. So we've all had experiences where we have witnessed something or had a trustful event and and we did not process it appropriately because we didn't feel the feeling, we didn't feel the sensations because it's not acceptable, right? To show your feelings, to feel your sensations. <laughs> and what happens is it creates a stuck energy, a blockage in the body. And that blockage can then lead to illness. So I grew up doing that a lot, not feeling my feelings because I was labeled too sensitive, not telling what I was feeling or predicting or anything like that, because it was labeled weird, strange, different. And I didn't want to be those things. I wanted to fit in. And so when we grow up and we have these needs that are not met, right? These Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The basic needs, you shelter, food, love. And so when we grow up and these needs are not met, wounds can form. And when these wounds form, protectors take over to keep you safe. And these protectors are formed by the body just to keep you safe. That is the whole reason for them. And so we all have them. We've all had experiences. We've all had protectors form. We may have similar ones, may have different ones, but it's the way that you then perceive the world, right? So the body does not understand the difference in time. It doesn't understand the past that this happened to me when I was five. And it's not happening to me now as I'm 40 right? It doesn't understand that. It just perceives this thing happened to us at five and now it's happening to us at 40. So we need to now have this protector come out. And so this is, this is how we see this plane on the world stage of all these grown-ups who still have these wounds that are being triggered and activated by daily life, by daily stressors, maybe by traumatic events, right? We've all lived through the past three years. And so these wounds actually cause separateness within our relationships, within our community, within our culture, within our society, because they keep us stuck, but they also keep us from being healed. Mm -hmm. And so my story of how I discovered all of this is a personal story, a personal experience that I basically had to live it in order to heal it. Mm -hmm. I had to understand what was happening to my body because when my symptoms got to the point where I could not ignore them. The messages from my body were screaming. They were shutting me down. I was in my late 20s. I was working with chronic pain patients and I was resembling my chronic pain patients. And I thought, this is really strange. I don't understand what's happening, right? I'm in my 20s. Like what these people are in their 60s or 70s. I don't understand. And so, because I was educated in this idea of the body is broken. You go to the doctor, they fix you, right? You take a medication, you get better. But my patients weren't getting better. And my patients, if anything, were getting worse. And so we were trying to teach them alternative alternative ways of healing, right? So guided meditation, mm-hmm. visualization, qigong, and tai chi, and yoga. But I didn't really understand the whole aspect of those modalities. Because to me, I just thought it's this thing you do, right? It's a it's a practice, it's a physical practice, but it's more than that. It's a it's it encompasses a lot. It can be a spiritual, a physical, yeah. a mental, energetic practice. But so because I didn't have the education or the knowledge on it, I was trying to teach something I didn't understand. So it wasn't really well received because people were like, I just want my magic pill. Wave the magic wand and fix the situation. But as we all know, that doesn't exist, right? So it was it was difficult. <sighs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I so recognize myself uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago in the words that you're saying. And yeah. uh, it is beautiful. Uh, I mean, and the reality is we we don't understand it. And I think that's the key, right. key problem. Yet, um, some of us go even further. And maybe some of the, the viewers and listeners out there at the moment thinking, bullshit, bullshit. No, <laughs> I just, I just want to remind you guys, um, I'm sure you have, you, you know, the situation that you were sitting on some traffic lights in your car. And suddenly you look around and you knew exactly that the guy two cars back on the left was looking at you how the hell did you know 
that he is looking at you. And you know, you look around, you look in his eyes, and he goes, looks everywhere <laughs> because he has just been looking at you. So there's an example, okay? There is something there. Let's imagine a little time machine. Let's say you could bring your great-grandma back from whenever she she was a young girl and she comes now into your house and you say let me just make some food and you open a funny box and you put something in there that looks like raw food and then you press a button and it goes and then you get something hot out do you think she would she would say oh my god uh, yes <laughs> these are microwaves you can't see them have you ever seen a microwave i haven't um, so there you go. There's so many things out there that we don't understand. Yet we use them all the time. Do you listen to some beautiful music? Do you listen to some? <laughs> do you do you go out there and maybe put some some uh, some really good rock on with certain drums going in a frequency that makes you ah oh, you feel it in yourself. You feel good. You feel energetic. Well, guess what? This is all forms of energy that mm -hmm. are, uh, are surrounding us. And some of them we take for granted. Yet, sometimes when it comes to healing, we say, no, 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 that's rubbish. We can't have that. Exactly. I, exactly. I, in, I yep. invite you to just be open-minded and actually uh, actually listen to Amy and sort of say, well, okay, tell us a bit more. So when you, okay. you you said initially you don't understand it yourself, and probably even nowadays we don't understand it, but we we actually put maybe constructs on it and, and maybe maybe play mm -hmm. with it a bit so that we get something that we can understand. What was your journey there? How how did you tap more into that field of of energy medicine? Well, I just want to say so that's the human condition, right? We need to assign meaning to something. So why is this happening to me? What is going on with this, right? And so for me, I was trying to assign meaning to something that I didn't understand, but it's something that's been around for 5,000 years, mm. right? So if you look at Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, mm. indigenous medicine, these ideas of not seeing something, but believing in something exist for thousands of years and are still around to this day because it it's real, because mm. it works, right? So what happened for me is I... I stuck with the Western medicine model because that's what I knew, right? So when I got sick, I, I went that route. I saw the doctors that I had worked with for years. And what we don't realize is that the body will send messages in the form of symptoms mm. before modern day lab work will pick them up. Mm. So my lab work was showing something, but they didn't know what it was. There was not a complete picture. Mm. So I was having all these messages, all these symptoms for my body. And the response was, we're just going to give you these medications to shut down those symptoms. Mm. So rather than looking at the whole picture of why is this happening, the root cause of what's going on, mm. it's a it's a piecemeal system, right? So if I'm having joint issues, I'm going to go to the rheumatologist. And if I'm having brain issues, I'm going to go to the neurologist. And if I'm having, you know, um, Something with GI, I'm going to go to a gastroenterologist, but none of those doctors are going to talk to each other. And they're all just going to give me a medication mm. to shut down the symptoms, but no one's going to ask, why is this happening? And so it got to the point where I was on this merry-go-round of, of trying to get answers, of trying to get better. I kept looking outside of myself for someone to fix me because again, I'm taught that my body is broken and the doctors will fix me. And so it was really frustrating in that I went to all the top doctors, all the specialists, and no one could figure it out. And everyone had a different answer, right? So, but no one, the common themes was no one talked about trauma. No one talked about the correlation between childhood trauma and autoimmune disease. Nobody talked about it takes 10 years on average to get a diagnosis and 20 doctors to be diagnosed with, an, with a chronic disease condition. No one talked about the you know, the correlation between toxins, between EMFs, between mold, between the the fake food, you know, there was no, no one talked about any of this. The only thing that I heard was take this medication, come back when it's worse, right? But it was already pretty bad. I was, I couldn't work. I was better in, I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't drive. I had daily migraines, daily vertigo. I had, you know, crazy pain. And I went to all the doctors. I had all the tests, right? So they're, you're just going to get all these tests done. 
and you know all the lab work, all the MRIs, all the CAT scans. And again, everything is inconclusive. So we're going to send you for more tests and more tests and more tests. And it just winds up being this really disheartening, scary process because you want an answer. You want to be fixed, right? You don't want this to be your life. Hmm. And you don't understand why it's happening because we're not taught about the body. Hmm. We're not taught how the body works. We're not taught that the body is designed to heal, that there is an innate intelligence that exists in the body, in hmm. all of the bodies, you, me, in the animal world, I mean, in every body. <clears throat> and it's mirrored in the innate intelligence of mother nature. But that's not, that's not, <laughs> That's not pretty. That doesn't make money, right? That's not attractive. So we don't talk about that. But again, if you look back to these systems of Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, indigenous yeah. medicine, they all look to mother nature. They all look to work with mother nature. Hmm. They all look and, and appreciate the wisdom that she has. They mirror her cycles, right? Whether that's the moon cycles, whether that's the change of the seasons, mm -hmm. you know, that for me in the Northern hemisphere, it's a time of rest right now. January is a time of rest. It's not a time for doing, right? So the idea to set these resolutions is counterintuitive to what, to winter time, which is what I'm in. So for you in the Southern hemisphere, summer, great time for doing, right? Set your resolutions. But for me in the Northern hemisphere, it's <laughs> counterintuitive. It goes against the cycle. Mm. Okay. And so, yeah, what happened was I had to then do my own research. I had to figure it out on my own right. because, you know, people go into medicine to help people. You know, doctors want to help people, but there's not enough time. There's not enough resources. You know, we won't go into the whole system, but the 15 minutes that you see that doctor, that you cannot possibly explain to them everything that's going on, <laughs> right? It's so just true. not possible. So and, and I could never explain to them what it felt like to be in my body and mm. what I was experiencing. And what I tell people all the time is that you have the most experience being in your body. Mm. You know what it feels like when something is wrong. Mm. So my body kept telling me this is not the right path but I kept going against it because I was using my mind. And so then even when I took my power back and I began to put the puzzle pieces together for myself, I was still stuck in this manic healing cycle of doing everything in my mind that I have to, you know, I have to make the story up. I have to figure it out. I have to contextualize it in a way that's logical, but the body doesn't work like that. It's not logical. The body has its own system of healing mm. and to us if we look at it it's not logical mm. but that doesn't mean it's bad it doesn't make it wrong it's just not logical it's just what it is it has its own way of healing and so even as i was doing all of these different things that were you know labeled alternative and woo woo and different i was still just doing them from the mind right. so i wasn't achieving this healing because it wasn't a whole body healing. So I was still just doing it in the mind, right? This manic healing of, let me do more of this. Let me try this. Let me try that. You know, try all the different things and see which formula is going to work for me. And so when I began to open up to exploring other modalities, I began to bring in this aspect of maybe there's a different way to do this, right? Like mm. this, this is not working out. So maybe I need to be open to something different, mm. but because I was not raised to be spiritual, I wasn't really religious. I didn't really understand what that meant. Again, I took, you know, I took yoga classes. I was doing Qigong and Tai Chi with my patients, but I didn't understand the spiritual aspect of it. I was just going through oh. the motions in the physical, the physicalness of it. Cause that felt what it was supposed to be to me. And so it was, I had this yoga teacher who was really, really important to me at my worst. And she said to me one day, you know, she would take time after class and talk to me. She knew I was really struggling. And she was like, you know, I think for you, surrendering is, is, is hard. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that means giving up. It means quitting. <laughs> and she said, well, what if it doesn't need to mean that? And so then it was like this idea of, oh, well, maybe surrender doesn't need to be a dirty word, right? Like maybe it could mean something else, but I still don't know what that could mean. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't understand that, right? So it took some time of, of exploring these other modalities. So I, I started with plant medicine. 
and I began to reconnect with the cycles of Mother Nature. I, I began to watch her and see what she was doing and, and mirror that in a way that I could understand. And even though I couldn't see everything that existed, right? I could see the implications of it. I could see the grass growing. I could see the plants growing through their cycles of rest and growth and blooming, right? I could see all of that. I could watch it and understand that something bigger than me created this. And then that led me into energy medicine of, again, I can't see any of it happening, right? I do these moves. I do these routines and things shift, but I don't understand how they shift. I just know I feel different. I know that something is changing. And so it brought me back into my body more. Because for years, I avoided my body. It didn't feel safe, right? right? I didn't want to feel the feelings. I didn't want to feel the sensations. I didn't mm. feel good. They were, you know, it hurt. It was mm. hard. I didn't want that. Mm. And so the more I fought that, the more my body sent more messages of, you need to be here. Like, you need to feel this. And we know it's not great, but you need to do it. And so a lot of people may struggle with this idea of being in the body doesn't feel safe they might have had childhood trauma so mm. the body doesn't you know the body knows how to process the trauma but we don't allow it to happen because we again we rule everything with our mind but again i want to say that the mind is just part of the body and the coherence field of the heart is bigger than the mind mm. so if we can allow the idea of shifting the perspective to maybe just being one of curiosity, right? Rather than judgment or expectation nice. or shaming something <laughs> or or forcing something to be it needs to be, to be curious of what could this look like? Mm. What could this be about, right? So for me, 10 years ago, I struggled with meditation. I still struggle with meditation. I don't really like it, right? That's okay. But everybody pushes <laughs> it, right? Like you, if you're going to heal, you need to meditate. But the thing is that people don't talk about <laughs> is if you've had extensive trauma, the body will not let you meditate. It does not want you to go into that subconscious arena because it's not safe because you might not have the skill set to handle that trauma. And so the, again, the body does not understand this process of this age five and age 40. So you will, have, you know, you could relive the trauma. And that's what happens in talk therapy. A lot of the times is you get re-traumatized. You keep mm -hmm. telling your story and you bring your body right back there. And it's like, oh, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. So then you have this trapped emotions, these stuck energies, these wounds, they kind of, they make it stronger. They may become more apparent, more innate mm -hmm. in that you may be triggered a lot more. You may mm -hmm. be stuck in this free cycle, right? Of not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not knowing mm -hmm. who to trust. You might be hypervigilant. So you can't heal in that state. You can't heal in an environment that's not safe. And you cannot heal if you're not in your physical body. So this is something that, you know, I did not learn these lessons overnight. This is something mm -hmm. that's been 12 years. Mm -hmm. And it's evolving every day in that the tools that I may have used or the ideas that I have may have learned eight years ago may no longer serve me now. But that's okay, right? It's a part of the evolution. It's a part of that moving forward. And that's, that's what life is about is the moving forward. The change is the only constant that we, we will evolve if we allow the evolution to occur. And so by quieting my mind uh -huh. I can trust the body so how do I quiet my mind right that was breath work for me so I had done breath work for years part of my kundalini yoga practice and what I did not realize was that I was using it to escape from my body still because it still did not feel safe so I was using this breath work to escape from my body and then I would be boomeranged back into my body. And for days later, I'd be like, I don't feel good. Like this, all my symptoms came back. They're stronger. What's going on? So when we, when we use these distractions, these activities, these techniques to escape from the body, whether that's addiction, whether that's binge watching Netflix, whether that's um, you know, spiritual bypassing is now the new, you know, new term for that. But, you know, if, if we choose to distract ourselves from what's really happening, 
in the body, the body knows it's smarter than you. Like it, it knows what you're doing and it will, it will say, okay, we're not ready to do that yet. We're not ready to do the healing. So you'll stay in that, that place. And so I didn't understand that when I had all of these peaks and valleys and I would plateau out and I'd be like, what is going on? I'd get so frustrated, but healing isn't linear. It's going to be filled with ups and downs. It's going to be filled with learning and unlearning in order for you to keep evolving, right? So my thing is taking small steps. We celebrate the small wins. So even if it looks like, so right now, again, like I said, for here, for me, it's wintertime. It looks like nothing is happening, right? looks like everything is dead. Everything is dying. It's gray. It's wet. Things are happening. We just don't see it. And that's exactly what happens in the body. So even if you don't see it, if the lab work doesn't show it, if you're not tuned into the body the way I am, right? If you don't feel things the way that I feel, the body is still doing a lot. Mm. We just are not in tune to it. Mm. But it's something, it's a shift that you can do. It's a shift that you can make. And and how I help people do that is with the trauma-informed breath work. And so I start each session with breath because what I found for myself and what I found for other people is that when you feel safe in this container where someone can hold you and say, I get you, I see you, I understand, and I'm here to support you. I'm here to hold this space for you, right? And you are able to drop out of the mind and into the body. A lot of shifts happen without you even trying, right? We don't direct it. We don't go in with an agenda. We don't go in with a list of what we want to target, right? I don't say I want to go back to age five and think about this thing, right? It's not, there is no prescription to it. It's just this open-ended, I'm going to trust the body. And if I can't trust the body, I'm going to be curious and see what happens when I decide to let my mind rest. Mm -hmm. And so for my sessions, what I do is, you know, I, I call in mother nature, I call in what you can see. So it makes it more tangible for people, right? I call in the trees, I call in flowers, I call in the moon, the sun, what, whatever you know identifies for that person. And by doing that, we call in something bigger than us. We call in something that we can't see, but we know exists, right? It created, created everything we can visually see it created all of this so whatever that is for you so for me that's mother nature right so mother gaia um you know it it doesn't make a difference what you call it it doesn't make a difference what how you associate with it it's it's knowing that there's an innate intelligence that exists out there but it also exists within me and when i can be open to that to be curious to the process to trust that there is something bigger than me to trust that maybe this could work. Hey, I don't, I'm not going to ascribe, I'm not trying to sell you anything, right? Like mm. just, it's your own body. Mm. You have within you, in your own body, the ability to heal. It's being open to that process. It's all it is. It's just being curious, being open to it rather than shutting it down, rather than saying, this is crazy. This can't work. It's just, it's allowing and it's accepting what is just in that moment just taking that breath, right? Just quieting the mind, getting back into the body. Mm. So, you, you know, you and I have the same practice before we start a session, we do some breath work, right? Mm. To ground, to get ourselves into the body, mm. you know, communing with myself, with my inner knowing, what is it I want to get out of this session? It's not about me. Mm. It's about the person that I'm having the session with, right? But it's, it's I want to be in my body. I want to be able to, give fully of myself in that time and place to offer the support, to offer the resourcing, mm. to offer the encouragement. So a, a lot of times in, in the session, I'm affirming that person. And a lot of times they have no idea what I'm saying, but subconsciously <laughs> they are able to receive it. Mm. So if it's someone who struggles with receiving compliments in real life, there's no struggle. Because they're in their body, they're not in their mind. So they'd have no idea what I'm saying, but the subconscious is receiving all of this positive affirmations. It's receiving the support. It's receiving the idea of this could be safe. This could be impactful. Maybe this person is ready to heal. And what happens is, you know, it could happen after 10 minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, half hour, an hour, whatever it may be. 
you can feel the difference. It's mm-hmm. tangible. You you can feel calmer if you're more centered. Maybe you had a great insight, right? It's like some people have it in the shower, some people have it in their meditation practice, whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. there's no pressure to have the answer. It's when we connect with the body and with that innate knowing, that intuition, that inner knowing, whatever you want to call it, that it kind of sinks up. And then, and that intuition is what will lead you for your healing. And so people will ask, you know, what is the difference between my intuition and my mind? Well, the mind is mostly negative, right? (laughs) So if it's a negative thought and it's a criticism, It's the mind, it's the ego, it's, you know, it's your programming, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever resonates with you. But when it's positive, when it's an encouraging, when it's a a completely seemingly irrelevant thought or idea, that's your intuition. That's that inner voice. That's that inner knowing that we all have that we're disconnected from. But when you can reconnect to it, you can rebalance the body. You can learn to heal yourself. You can learn to be empowered. You can learn to live life authentically mm. in a way that feels good to you, mm. right? It's not about people pleasing. It's not about doing what serves for others. It's about what feels good for you in a way that you can be unapologetically you. You can shine your light. Mm. And I think that that is much needed right now and it's really important for people to try it it can't hurt and it's always available it's just your breath it's always there indeed and i think the breath work is a really 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 good start to get into that Mm -hmm. if you guys remember um or maybe you don't know there's there's basically the the chest has got the lungs in there mm-hmm. and underneath the chest is a muscle and it's called a diaphragm it's like a dome mm-hmm. there and there is a a, a big nerve that runs from the brain mm-hmm. down to the gut it's called the parasympathetic nervous system the vagus nerve mm-hmm. and actually it goes through that dome um yes, so it goes all the way yeah. exactly which is actually quite beautiful so imagine yeah. like a like, like an old-fashioned system where there's in, in a 19th century where someone in the ground floor rings a bell somewhere you know pulls on a string somewhere the bell goes well that's exactly what you're actually doing because you're taking a deep breath proper breathing and you're actually stretching a little bit this vagus nerve and you're Mm -hmm. massaging Mm -hmm. the vagus nerve a little bit Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so suddenly the 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 body says oh we might as well calm down a bit because that's what the parasympathetic Mm -hmm. nervous system does yeah so if you just look at the anatomy it's there So if you needed a justification that breathing is good for you, well, there you go. And most people don't breathe properly. So if you watch a baby breathe, when you breathe in, the belly should inflate, right? The belly should, and when you breathe out, the belly should constrict. So if you watch a baby, that's the proper way to breathe. But most people will breathe the opposite way or they don't breathe at all. They hold their breath, right? Because you want to avoid sensations and emotions. So we've been taught to hold our breath. We don't want to feel that but you're actually causing biological harm to the body, which can then cause, you know, other energetic imbalances, emotional imbalances, physical imbalances, right? It's all connected. So when we understand that, again, as these ancient practices have understood them for thousands of years, we can begin to heal on a level that is not superficial. It's on a whole body healing of the mind, body, the spirit, the whole body heals as a whole and and that is when you can notice the changes the shifts that occur right so even though healing processes is again it can be a very slow and arduous and not fun process but when we are synced up with all parts of ourselves it feels different it may feel strange for me, at times, I'm like, oh, what is this? This is weird. Like, what's going on here, right? Because it doesn't feel wrong, but it doesn't feel right. But it feels different. And I'm, what is that, right? Because different can be bad in our society. Oh, we don't want to be different. But it's, again, it's that curiosity of not having an expectation and not having a judgment of what it should look like, what it should be. It just is in the moment. And it will pass if we allow it to be felt, right? So if I allow that anger to be fully actualized, 
Hmm. Yeah, it may not be social, you know, socially acceptable. But if I can do it in a safe space where I'm not harming somebody else, right? And I can fully express that anger, whether that's journaling it, whether that's doing primal screaming, right? I vocalize a lot in my breath work. I do a lot in, which also stimulates the vagus nerve. So it the sensation will move through because the body will process it the way it was designed to process it. It's when we hold on to these emotions and these sensations that they build up. The body can't process them because they're not being felt. They're not being actualized. And that's when the imbalance occurs. That's when the dis-ease, right? Louise Hay says it's a state of dis-ease. The body is out of balance. So in order to have whole body healing, it is you need to address all parts of the body, the mm. spiritual part, the, the mind part, and the body part, the physical body part needs to be addressed. And so for me, it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice of what is my body telling me? What does my body need from me? And that changes all of the time, right? It can change based upon the weather. It can change based upon if um, I'm exposed to a toxin, if I am, you know, eat something that doesn't agree with me. Like the body, the body will let you know. But we're taught to label all those symptoms as bad, right? But they're just messages. They're neutral. They're just messages. We don't need to assign a judgment to them. We just need to be open to what they mean. And that sometimes can sound like another language. Like I don't, I don't speak that. I don't know what that means. Right. But the more you do it, the more yeah. you practice being in the physical body, the more the messages will either be repetitive and that you'll be like, oh yeah, I know when I eat that. This is what happened. So maybe I should stop eating that, right? Or yeah. it will just align and it'll, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's something about this. Maybe this is what this means, right? And you'll get this hit, this insight. Oh, oh, maybe it could be that, right? Mm. And again, it's a, it's a curiosity thing. It's a not assigning judgment. Mm. We're just going to be open to what it may be. Not, it's not good or bad. It just, it is what it mm. is. Mm. And so, those have been valuable lessons for me in my healing journey. And it's so, so beautiful to hear that because it's, it's very, very true. I've, I can relate to very much everything you said there and I, uh, it to varying degrees, I've experienced them myself in my, my journey uh, over the last eight years. I have been blessed to actually be exposed to healers uh, in various mm -hmm. forms. Sometimes they come mm -hmm. in forms that you didn't even think about. Um, mm -hmm. For example, I had an osteopath and he was incredibly gentle. Yes, he did the manipulation, he did the kind of thing. But there were times when I realized he was just standing there and next to me and actually his hands didn't touch me. And mm -hmm. it took me a little while, a few sessions, until I suddenly realized, ah, I know what you're doing. You're healing. And, mm -hmm. and it was bizarre because there was one of these sessions. I was lying there and his hands were off me and suddenly my pelvis went <clears throat> and mm -hmm. readjusted itself like as if he had mm -hmm. dropped something and I thought what the hell mm -hmm. was that and <laughs> scared the living daylight out of me um <laughs> and it was just amazing and I then I turned around right. to him afterwards and said actually how much how much percentage of your work is actually healing and he looked at me stunned yeah. About 50%. <laughs> and I just thought, I know yeah. you. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was amazing. Right. And out of his right. sessions, I often floated out. And I thought, wow, yeah. he's really good with his hands. Well, no, there was a bit more to it, actually, with right. hindsight there. Right. Uh, because then I went to other osteopaths who did it. And I walked out, yeah, okay, feels good. Um, yeah. Different story. So therefore, right. it is well worthwhile to experience those things and let yourself experience them. Don't get upset when you experience something that you can't understand. Um, mm -hmm. There is so much that we can't understand about our human body. Right. There's so much that we don't know as yeah. doctors, hand on heart, um, about 50% um, of what a student nowadays learns will be mm -hmm. no longer valid in 
10 years time, five years time. Right. In actual fact, right. that, that sentence was said the first time in 1956 by a university pro uh, professor in Harvard. And then they said 10 years time. Uh, nowadays, right. it's probably five years time because we're constantly. Right. Indeed, nowadays, there is a new, new path within the western medicine called functional medicine that brings mm -hmm. on actually far more of those kind of experiences and that kind of the importance of exercise nutrition sleep energy all those things uh bring that together to understand better chronic conditions mm -hmm. so even western medicine is now is heading towards towards a, a broader understanding a more holistic approach and that is, right. that is beautiful to see. Let me just say a word of, of warning, though. Um, it is very easy to fall into the trap of saying, now everything needs to be now energy healing. And the moment you go to right. a normal doctor and he says you need a tablet, oh, that's a big failure. So when the pendulum swings the other way too much, I have seen that where unfortunately diagnoses were missed. Um, for example, that those symptoms were actually a cancer that needed to be treated very, very differently. Um, and people dragged the diagnosis out to a degree where it was then no longer possible to yeah. cure this patient. And the patient died of the cancer when mm -hmm. maybe at an earlier time a diagnosis could have been made. On the flip side, very early on in my career, I was working in a cancer ward, in a, in a blood cancer ward specifically. And um, I asked one day, we got chatting to one of the patients and said, well, what were your first symptoms? How did you notice it? And she said, I actually had no symptoms, but I went to mm -hmm. a person who did iris diagnostic. So they look mm -hmm. deep in your eyes and and say and see you know uh, see look for changes there. And there's that's again that's a that's a it's a microsystem of the body. And she said, look, I want you to go right now. I want you to go to the to your uh, family physician to your GP. There's something seriously wrong with you. And she had no symptoms, so that blood cancer was actually picked up very early in uh, the stage. Mm -hmm. So it, there needs to be an overlap uh, of the system. Yes. Um, yes. It is. It is. If we work all together as a team, that is how we can really, really get you better. You need often enough. You need the certainty the, of the uh, MRI scan, of the CT scan, mm -hmm. to actually prove to you no, there is actually nothing, nothing wrong there that is not cancer that affects your whatever or that's not a broken bone in your spine no so mm -hmm. you then can go with a certainty you can uh approach other um other avenues of healing mm -hmm. that can allow you to get the breakthroughs that you need another vignette another story from me i uh, when i ran a large large pain clinic um I asked all my patients to fill in big wads of paperwork. And one of the questions in there was also, or all many questions were leading more to the psychosocial side of things. Mm -hmm. So I had this 60 year old lady coming one day to me and she had a long history of oh, 20, 25 years of tummy pains. And uh, she had multiple operations, multiple scans, multiple everything. Um, and no one could ever find anything. So the door opens, she comes in with her support person. And before we even sit down, she says, Doctor, I just want to say one thing. I wanted to thank you. And I said, why is that? And she said, you're the first one who have, has ever asked me if I have been abused in the past mm -hmm. and that was one right. of my questions in my questionnaire right. and it turns right. out her ex-husband took great delight in kneeing her into the tummy hitting her in the tummy uh, because that was something which didn't leave many marks but would cause pain right. to her right. and we didn't need to do another mri scan we didn't need to do much right. more work there um, right. and it was as if i had given her permission to start mm -hmm. healing and start moving forward and that is so beautiful when you actually experience that when you actually yes. see the lights going on and okay. there is so much more than western medicine in its traditional sense can yes. actually give you there yeah um once we start becoming holistic and working together 
over all the divides. God, what we could achieve is no longer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So therefore, I'm so pleased, Amy, that that you're here to actually just uh, expose the field of energy medicine um, out there. It's not yet fully recognized. They are not, as I said, we we don't have fancy machines, although that's actually wrong. We have fancy Mm. machines. We've got functional MRIs. We have MRIs. Got, exactly. MRI, yes. <laughs> so we've got so much that we actually could use. But I mean, yeah. an MRI uh, could be anything between thousand and two thousand uh, dollars. Thank right. you. You don't right. just throw that around. Right. Hey, let's t- let's right. see what happens. Okay. Right. No. Right. So there are certain certain uh, stumbling blocks there in our way yes. to to maybe understand the healing, etc. Better, but. Just as much as you, as there are so many examples out there, um, please just open your eyes, look around. Do mm-hmm. you see when you see a sports person going for that final tennis, she will bounce that ball several times. There's always the same thing. There will be some breathing that she does. There will be mm-hmm. some some things. So she is in tune at that moment, mm-hmm. right? Well, good guess. Goosebumps. To just <laughs> think of that, that, that yeah. focus of the here yeah. and now. So yes. sports people, we accept it. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what's how they imagine getting that that ball through the goal, etc. Well, right, they visualize it, right? They exactly. like they say Olympic athletes. It's a practice of visualization. It's just as much as their physical practice. It's they visualize getting the medal. They visualize hitting the Absolutely. routine. That's it. So but now we take imagine, that for granted. Well, exactly. Yeah. Why don't we use that in our daily life? But for that, you need to get off your hamster wheel for a bit. Okay. You just mm-hmm. can't keep going, 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 work, 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 and then maybe drink, 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 or uh Netflix, Netflix, or <laughs> Candy Crush, right. whatever it is. Right. Okay. Right. You need exactly. to stop yeah. and maybe just maybe go actually out there into nature. If you are in a safe place, if there are no bombs right. raining down, or if there's not right. a polluted kind of state, but, but you, you know, it's a, it's a power, it's a power of observation, right? So even if you can't access a park, you know, so where I live, but there's a lot of parks that live by the beach, right? So I have access to a lot. You can go outside on your back porch, or your, mm, you know, whatever exactly. you have, and your stoop, and just. Just close your eyes and visualize what you want to see, right? So visualize yourself in the mountains, mm. visualize yourself at the at the beach and observe what mm. observe with your senses, mm. right? Yeah. To connect into your body, right? So what do you see? What do you smell? What do you hear? What do you feel? What can you touch? Right? Just that practice right there yeah. will ground you into your body. Indeed. As you take the deep breath, right? And remember what it feels like to take a deep breath, right? If you don't do it a lot, it's like, oh, this feels weird. I'm a little lightheaded. What's going on? No, that's because your body is starved of oxygen, right? So it's just, it's a practice of observation, Yeah. a practice of observation where you are right now, you know, in, in this moment, time and space hmm. where your body is, right? My feet are on the floor. I'm sitting in this chair, right? I'm, I'm, I'm having this interview, just, just observing, be yeah. more mindful of the, the, the present moment and what that looks like. So true. And you will, you will absolutely find an amazing, amazing transformation waiting for you. Uh, it is a beautiful journey. And the only thing I can say is I invite you all along because it is such a beautiful uh, transformation, really. And and I love the word that you used, evolution. Um, I had not thought about that word in, in connection with us, with our journey. But it is, it is so correct. Uh, it's a wonderful way to describe your growth. The, I called it post-traumatic growth. I must, I might just call it post-traumatic evolution or something like that, yeah. or de-evolution or revolution. Right, or... <laughs> right. And that's why I say it can be an unlearning, right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean to be a learning. It can be an unlearning of the the programs that no longer serve you, of the protectors are, that we're trying to keep you safe. But as an adult, Maybe you are safe now. You're no longer in that situation as when you were five, when you were seven, when you were nine, right? So to have this dialogue with when this part comes up, how is it trying to keep me safe? What is it trying to prevent me from doing, from experiencing, right? So there is nothing wrong with having these distractions. It's when they become 
behaviors that are no longer self-serving, right? So it's, 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 we live in a stressful world. So you need to escape at times, but it's when you choose to escape all of the time rather than dealing with your emotions and your sensations, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a difference, right? So I'm not saying that you can never watch Netflix. I'm not saying I don't ever watch Netflix. I do, right? Because we need as humans, we're always doing. So sometimes you need that escape, but maybe there's a healthier escape of you can be a human being and you can observe rather than doing. Oh, Amy, uh, fantastic words. And what a beautiful closure of this, this, uh, this interview. Uh, You are an amazing woman. And I I love to see the passion in your eyes. And I love to see the the, the way that you have embraced uh, this kind of new life. Uh, It was once upon a time a new life. But you see now the (laughs) all the the opportunities and the the growth that is still possible. And that's, that's the same with me too. Every day, I'm wondering, oh, what breakthrough will I get today? What will I learn right. today? And that is so right. bloody fantastic. I love that life. So that yeah. is that is good. So uh, Amy, if if people uh, really love your message and, and want to know learn more about you, where can they find you? They can go to mindbodyspiritbreath.com. That's my website. And it explains a little bit more about, you know, what I do and what that looks like. Beautiful. Guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video not the podcast. It's all there, her links. And uh, watch it down there. You might as well press the like and subscribe button. Um, and uh, just, you know, don't miss out on any of the beautiful guests I've got on my show. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly uh, having the privilege of reevaluating what I take for granted, what I think is the the truth or what I perceive to be the truth. And uh, so yeah, often yeah. it gets uprooted or so often I get a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Virtually every single every single interview, I'm <laughs> thinking, huh, okay, didn't realize that. Um, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. The yes. opposite yeah. to mental health problems is connection. The opposite of, of yes. addiction yes. is connection. So there you yes. are, guys. Um, and look at us. If Amy and I can get our shit together, at least a little bit, then there's a very fair <laughs> chance for you guys. Come for on. Else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amy, I'm thank sure. you so much for coming on to my show. I truly, thank truly you. enjoyed our interview. And thank you guys you. Are, And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. <laughs> I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.